stockings. Her look of confidence and diffidence contrasted with Ursula's sensitive expectancy. The provincial people, intimidated by Gudrun's perfect sang-froid and exclusive bareness of manner, said of her, she is a smart woman. She had just come back from London, where she had spent several years working at an art school as a student and living a studio life. I was hoping now for a man to come along, Gudrun said, suddenly catching her underlip between her teeth and making a strange grimace, half sly smiling, half anguish. Ursula was afraid. So you have come home expecting him here? she laughed. Oh, my dear, cried Gudrun strident. I wouldn't go out of my way to look for him. But if there did happen to come along a highly attractive individual of sufficient means, well, she tailed off ironically. Then she looked searchingly at Ursula, as if to probe her. Don't you find yourself getting bored? she asked of her sister. Don't you find that things fail to materialise? Nothing materialises. Everything withers in the bud. What withers in the bud? asked Ursula. Oh, everything, oneself, things in general. There was a pause whilst each sister vaguely considered her fate. It does frighten one, said Ursula. And again there was a pause. But do you hope to get anywhere by just marrying? It seems to be the inevitable next step, said Gudrun. Ursula pondered this with a little bitterness. She was a classmistress herself, in Willie Green Grammar School, as she had been for some years. I know, she said. It seems like that when one thinks in the abstract. But really imagine it. Imagine any man one knows. Imagine him coming home to one every evening and saying hello and giving one a kiss. There was a blank pause. Yes, said Gudrun in a narrowed voice. It's just impossible. The man makes it impossible. Of course, there's children, said Ursula doubtfully. Gudrun's face hardened. Do you really want children, Ursula? she asked coldly. A dazzled, baffled look came on Ursula's face. One feels it is still beyond one, she said. Do you feel like that? asked Gudrun. I get no feeling whatever from the thought of bearing children. Gudrun looked at Ursula with a mask-like expressionless face. Ursula knitted her brows. Perhaps it isn't genuine, she faltered. Perhaps one doesn't really want them in one's soul, only superficially. A hardness came over Gudrun's face. She did not want to be too definite. When one thinks of other people's children, said Ursula. Again, Gudrun looked at her sister, almost hostile. Exactly, she said, to close the conversation. The two sisters worked on in silence, Ursula having always that strange brightness of an essential flame, that is caught, meshed, contravened. She lived a good deal by herself, to herself, working, 
passing on from day to day, and always thinking, trying to lay hold on life, to grasp it in her own understanding. Her active living was suspended, but underneath, in the darkness, something was coming to pass, if only she could break through the last integuments. She seemed to try and put her hands out, like an infant in the womb, and she could not, not yet. Still, she had a strange prescience, an intimation of something yet to come. She laid down her work and looked at her sister. She thought Gudrun so charming, so infinitely charming, in her softness and her fine, exquisite richness of texture and delicacy of line. There was a certain playfulness about her, too, such a piquancy of ironic suggestion.